0: Gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
1: Get your popcorn ready.
0: It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: please welcome a team that is known as Stop Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents. Logan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Go! Chicago's best Bears coverage.
0: Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Bowes. I'm on record saying that Trubisky will start week one, um, assuming week one starts on time in Detroit. From the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. For the Bears, too, you had the extra intrigue of
1: this open competition. You know, now that's Mm -hmm. completely out the door. Now, here they are the Adams. Hogan Johns
0: Well, after all that It is still Mitchell Trubisky.
1: Mitch It's his team Week 1 Detroit Lions 2020 2020. (laughs) is Mitch's year I'm just going to use words Lions Mitch I'm not surprised
0: Patricia (laughs) Hey, he owns Patricia He does He owns them Uh, Welcome in. Sort of an emergency quarterback decision podcast for you. Uh, As we jump, we'll be jumping into our first game week coming up here. So, uh, for those of you that are uh, longtime listeners, you know what that means. Three episodes a week. We're going to go Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, most weeks. It will obviously shift if it's a Monday night game, Thursday night game, whatever. I'm excited to be back in our regular season routine. I love it. Uh, We'll have a lot of the same features even though we're here on The Athletic now. But the news came down. The Bears made their decision and we had to get together and uh, do this quick podcast for you. This won't be terribly long. We'll jump into a lot of the big picture stuff here on Tuesday as we jump into Lions Week. But Adam Johns, you can follow him on Twitter. At Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Me, Adam Hogue, at at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E. Read us at NBC Sports Chicago. That's me. You can find all the quarterback reaction there. And, of course, right here on The Athletic is where you get all Johnsy stuff. And on The Athletic app, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you can sign up and get all that good coverage. 40% off right now. And you're going to want that during the regular season. Okay. It's Mitch Trubisky. Not surprised at all. I felt like, though, you—actually, I want to clarify this with you, Adam Johns. I felt like at the end, you actually thought it was going to be Foles.
1: Yeah, I kind of talked myself into it. Well, that, that was my column the other day. Like, I felt Mitch Trubisky played well enough, and maybe Nick Foles played poor enough, where, like, this should be Mitch's game in Week 1. Like, he, like it was his start. It should have been his start, because I felt, like, I felt he was the better quarterback, Maybe, looking back at it, I read too much into what Nagy was saying, what John D. Filippo was saying, what Bill Lazor was saying. Heck, what Ryan Pace said in this very podcast about Nick Foles, like, I, I had all of that in my mind. So, I, I, I guess I sort of talked myself or wrote myself into thinking, look, there's no way they're going to Trubisky. I mean, the writing's been on the wall for a long time. They're they're going in on Foles, three years, $24 million. they traded for him. It's time to turn the page. They're going to do this. But then... Yeah, there's like some shock, but then at the end of it, Adam, it's like, no, yeah, you know, maybe Mr. Trubisky actually was the better quarterback in this competition.
0: Yeah, I still feel like it was neck and neck. I didn't feel it, and and I, I think in the end, I actually had the meter pointed slightly towards Foles, and that was just based more on how they performed. We're talking about ten practices, ten real practices, though. You know, taking out the, the sort of the walkthrough days and the stuff they didn't. I mean, there was really ten opportunities to evaluate what these quarterbacks were doing, and they was not coming against a live defense. So I go back to the logic, and we've been over this so many times, We don't have to get you know too far into it, but just the one thing I continue to actually be surprised by is I feel like, look, if you have a problem that the Bears went out and got Nick Foles instead of somebody else like Cam Newton, like, okay, that's a different conversation. But what happened was they went out and got Nick Foles. So that's what we have to evaluate. And from day one, I feel like too many people were reading into it like Nick Foles was supposed to replace Trubisky, like he was here to replace Trubisky. And that never made sense to me because you look at Nick Foles' career, he's one of the best backup quarterbacks of all time. Like that's a fact. That's what his career resume is. And he's never been able to play more than 11 games in one season. So – I feel like a lot of people are making Nick Foles into something that he's actually not. And this all set up for this situation that we now know and have confirmed. It's Trubisky to start the season. This is his last opportunity to prove himself in a Bears uniform. And if it doesn't work out, they have a great plan B. A better plan B... Then they probably, and I'm not just talking about this era of the Bears, like have ever, maybe Josh McCown and Jay Cutler would be the only other thing that you feel better about, Uh, but maybe that's similar. I don't know. They have a great plan B if they need to go to it, Uh, somebody that they can rely on to operate this offense. I've always felt like we were going to be in this position, and here we are.
1: It's easier to bench Trubisky for Foles than it is to bring Trubisky off the bench and replace Foles. Because that's something Mitch Trubisky has never done, unless you want to count. Look, he's got some starts in college like that. He's got uh, what happened in his rookie season when Mike Glennon floundered, but not the same type of success that Nick Foles has. He, he's like the ultimate backup quarterback, like maybe the best backup quarterback of all time. You beat Tom Brady, you win a Super Bowl MVP, I I, I think you deserve that honor. You're the best backup quarterback of all time. That's Nick Foles. Um, I do wonder that if, if the preseason was played, that if there are actual OTAs held in person in Halisaw, if this conversation would be different. I, I, I just think once the pandemic took over our lives, it changed the NFL schedule. Trubisky was here with his teammates. He knew what his teammates like. You know, he he knows uh, what what Nagy wants. I just felt like this started to trend Trubisky, and then you know, again, maybe I talked myself out of thinking of it, but yeah, I I almost do wonder though if this was a normal off season, normal preseason, if this conversation is different, but we'll never know.
0: We won't. But I I actually think it's a great point because it could have been. You know, I I think part of the problem is here. Even though Mitch didn't go out and dominate training camp, he did show signs of improving things that the Bears wanted him to improve. Some of that's mechanically. Some of that's what Nagy talked about the other day, staying in the pocket longer and hitting some of those throws up the middle. Mitch talked last Saturday after the Soldier Field practice about how he feels like he's throwing better outside the numbers and to the left. Who knows if this is all going to stick, though, once the game start, That's the thing. What's it look like when there's live pressure? And we talked about this going into training camp. How do the Bears simulate that? And honestly, I don't feel like they ever really did. So there's sort of this unknown. Okay, Mitch is showing us some of these improvements. We And now I'm talking as the Bears. We sort of owe it to ourselves to see if he can do it in games. And if there had been preseason games... That probably would have presented this opportunity that they just didn't have, and maybe Mitch would have been terrible. Like maybe he would have gone out there and all that stuff he's shown in practice didn't translate that because we've certainly seen that in his career. And then in that case, absolutely, Nick Foles may have won the competition. But as you said, that's just not how this, this is not the reality of twenty twenty. And I do think right now, you know, the Bears got to treat these first couple games. I would even give it more than one, unless he's god awful against the Lions. I would give it a couple weeks, try to get a real evaluation here of some of the things that you think he's improved. And if it's not working out, then you go to Nick.
1: Well, you have four winnable games, right? I would say they're winnable, at least. Oh, at least winnable. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you're going to be competitive in all four of the first games, right? Detroit at Detroit, Giants come to Soldier Field at Atlanta, and then the Colts come to Soldier Field. You should be competitive in all those games. Adam, let me read you something that that I wrote in – I want to see if you agree agree with me because the more I thought about how we, you and me, you know, others in the media were, were viewing Trubisky at camp, you know, uh, maybe even some of the Bears coaches were, were viewing Trubisky at camp. You know, I, I had this thought at the end of it, okay? Um, let me read, and I quote, The uphill battle Trubisky faced to win over new offensive coordinator Bill Lazor and quarterbacks coach John Filippo and perhaps Nagy, again, was a greater challenge than Foles had with simply being the quarterback the coaches expected him to be. Every misfire by Trubisky in camp felt like three. Every deep ball completed by Foles felt like a walk-off home run. But through it all, there were signs of Trubisky's improvement. And I go on and on. Um, what did you think, like, when you look back at it and you saw those Trubisky's overthrows, I'm almost wondering if the... The emotions of us seeing it, like, oh my God, he did it again. Like, that carried over in, into at least how we were viewing perhaps this competition unfolding, where maybe that overthrow was never on Trubisky, where a guy, some receiver who may get cut today, was running the wrong route, or he was just off in his timing,
0: not Trubisky. That's why I'm gonna take you. I'm gonna take you a little bit inside some of my own reporting during these practices. Because look, like I said, it was 10 it was ten practices and we had no look at the, the film. So, you know, I was doubting some of my own, doubting my own eyes a little bit. I, I think that was easy to do. But I've never taken as meticulous notes as I did during this competition. You know what I mean? Like I I marked intended receivers. Uh, like I, I was as much as I could charting Everything I could see. Yeah, I
1: want to say you and I did every single play that they every yeah. single pass that these two throw.
0: And I and I I think that's important for our listeners to know. Like you and I were out there every single day doing that. And for each throw, I would also at least try to write down at least one or two words to give it some type of context too. Because the reality is this stuff's going bang, bang, bang. When you go back and look at your notebook at the end of it, there's no way to really remember everything that you saw without having the film to go back. So what I'm getting at is like I was really trying to listen sometimes too. Like if I saw an overthrow and all this, and I'd, I'd use my binoculars, okay, what's Mike Furry doing right now? Is Mike Furry getting on the wide receiver? And that did happen a couple times where you could tell he was telling the wide receiver you were not in the right spot. Well, I'd write that down. And then I'd know later as I'm trying to add, tally all this up at the end of the day Okay, I'm not marking that as one that was Trubisky's fault. And I don't know that for 100% certainty, right? Because I'm not in the meetings. I didn't see the film. And maybe even the coaches went back and saw something different. That was always a possibility. But those were the types of things I was trying to pay attention to in the moment because that's all we had. And I would say this to your point about reacting to some of these overthrows. At least twice, at least two of the days, I left practice thinking, man, Mitch is still the accuracy's not there. He's he's overthrowing, you know, whatever. And I get home and I tally it all up on both sides for both quarterbacks and I'd, I'd be like, "You know what? I still have a positive grade here and he outperformed Nick Foles." And I was like kind of surprised by that, but all I could do was trust that process. And that's that's the way it unfolded. And at the end of the day, actually Nick Foles had a slightly better grade when it was all said and done but I still f- went back to my logic that I was using all off season and where the Bears were, and especially hearing some of the things Nagy said this week, which wasn't just like, oh, you know, Mitch is, you know, some of the good things Mitch is doing, but he also cautioned. Like, I thought it was really interesting the other day when he said, remember, I've been calling plays with Mitch the last two years. I've never called a play for Nick Foles in a game. That was like sort of like. And that oh, yeah. came
1: after some praise for Mitch about stepping up, stepping up into the pocket.
0: I thought that was a little bit of a, I don't want to say a tell, but almost like prepping the public to understand some context once the decision was being made. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah, I I want to say the first real sign that I felt or thought that Trubisky may have gained the edge in this is when Nagy goes, the biggest thing that we probably felt as a staff is his ability here in training camp. There's not many plays where he's flushing out of the pocket when he's not forced to. He's been staying in the pocket. I love that about him doing that because he's listening to what we're talking about with his middle of the field throws, the vision downfield, being able to have that mentality of going downfield, then checking it down. When I went through my notes, Adam, there was a lot of. This is with Nick Foles. There was a lot of short, 29, short, 29. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when I keep my notes, I I use numbers. Um, It's just easier. It's shorthand, right? And I would take – I would add one or two words to try to describe the pass, right? And I had a lot. Short, short, short. Um, Held the ball too long, too long, you know? Sack. You know, I'd I'd even like tally sacks on – Seven on sevens, were like throwaways on seven on sevens. So maybe we just, in terms of like thinking, Foles was winning the job. To me, I had all the thoughts that I, I had the narrative. I think that the Bears had with Foles being this great decision maker. Um, we love what he did in the Super Bowl. We love what he did in 2013 with the Eagles. Like, all the things that his coaches were saying because they know him know him so well. Like, that was always ringing in my head when I was evaluating these guys. And maybe we should have – I should have turned that off and looked maybe more at the notes, maybe looked more at the hard data I was producing or you were producing to see that, oh, you know, maybe Mr. Trubisky actually is slightly outperforming uh, the veteran here.
0: But I think all of it matters, you know? Like, it's all part of the equation. And um, it's almost like that worked against Nick Foles in the end. Like, the fact that the Bears know what he is and these coaches know what he is and they trust him, he's the known quantity here. Mitch is still sort of the unknown quantity. The guy that still has that tantalizing talent, too. And so, if he's even giving you just a tiny bit of a a carrot, like, man, he you know, he's improving some of these things. He may go out there week one ball out, you know. You got to see that through, right? I mean, I, that's why I almost think, like, Nick Foles' strengths almost works against him here. And this is something I kept trying to throw out there, and I've probably repeated myself over 15 times since they acquired him. Nick Foles is Nick Foles whether it's week one or it's week 10. Like, they know they can go to him at any given time, and he's going to handle the role of being the backup the right way. That's another part of this. They don't know how Mitch is going to handle being the backup. And, and, and it, so it's almost like Foles' strengths worked against him. And I don't I don't mean to say that to, like, trigger some Bears fans that are pro-Foles and think he should be starting. Well, I, I
1: don't, don't just, know if they're pro-Foles pro-Fole, than maybe being more anti Travisky. Right, yeah. Maybe not pro anyone, just extremely anti-Trubisky. Well, and like, I appreciate, I think there's a lot of that sentiment out there right now.
0: Oh, there is, and I appreciate like when Robert Mays was on, and we had a lot of comments on Twitter saying like how negative he was and how Debbie Downer the podcast was. Which, by the way, happens. Some of these podcasts tend to be a roller coaster,
1: ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows, fo- ebbs yep. and
0: flows. That's like uh, we need right to make, right now. We're flowing. We need an ebbs and flows Hogan John's t shirt, is what we need. We are flowing today. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, oh, I was going to say I appreciate that Robert May's admitted I'm done with him. Like I, he said I'm do- I'm emotionally f- done with Mitch Trubisky, and that's what some people are are struggling with.
1: Well, I, I feel like with a, even today, Sean Watson got his contract today. It's hard to unattach what's going on. With, in Chicago with what's happening in Houston or Kansas City. It just is. It's just too emotional. It's always going to be too emotional until something near miraculous happens here in the Bears for the first time since Sid Luckman have their quarterback it's the same conversation, and it's just it's going on and on. It's you know it's just like a Ferris wheel spinning around. Of, you know, and on that Ferris wheel there's Craig Ken- Krenzel and Shane Matthews, and now Mitch is on it. It's just spinning and spinning and spinning. Yeah. Um. For this season, like I, I, like when you look back at twenty nineteen, and, and I do think Mitch got sometimes maybe too much criticism. It's not like he. Like, should not have been blamed for last year. Just just hear me out. Like, there were so many problems. It was so layered offensively, right? It was not having a tight end. It was Mitch's left shoulder not being healthy for, like, the entirety of of the season. It was Matt Nagy missing his play calls. It was, you know, Taylor Gabriel suffering a concussion. It's Anthony Miller not gaining the trust of Fury or, or Nagy until, like, what, week nine or something like that. There are so many things Wrong with the offense last year, and none of it helped Mitch. Um, Now, Mitch, was he good? No, but, like, the more we watch the Bears' offense this year, the more, like, when you see Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet doing what they're doing, like, oh, like, I wonder what Mr. Biscuit could do with those guys. Yeah. Like, I wonder how much they would help Mr. Biscuit. Like, oh, I wonder how much Cole Komet would would help if he's coming around and sealing off a defensive end as opposed to, Adam, I can't stay healthy, Shaheen. Like, it, it just... It makes you wonder when you see some of the, the, the upgrades at the tight end position how much that could help Mitchell Trubisky this year. I want to see that happen.
0: Yeah, I and I think – look, I think people need to realize, like, we're not taking a victory lap here at all that Mitch is named the starter. But I, if I had to say what I think 2020 is going to be more like, is it going to be more like 2018 or 2019? I would lean more towards 2018. But part of that problem is like 2018 was not... He was good enough to win 12 games with. I think it was actually 11 because he was hurt one of the wins. But that wasn't good enough to live up to his draft status. And that's where I think... Look, the ship has kind of sailed on that. Okay? But there there is a storyline here where you can accept that fact and also see that this guy can still win with the team he has. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. By the way, he has an over 500 record as a, as a starter and that includes his rookie season when the team sucked. Like that's part of the you, you know, that's part of this too. As bad as last year was, he was 8 and 7 as a starter. So I, and I think he's to your point with the pieces around him better equipped to win more games this year than last year. That doesn't mean that any of us by any means are saying that Mitch Trubisky is going to suddenly arrive and take the league by storm. Um, And in fact, if I had to pick the most likely scenario, I think there's a good chance, Johns, that we're talking about a season in which Mitch starts more games than Nick Foles. The Bears win a decent amount of of those games, uh, probably more than they're going to lose. And it almost creates a very awkward off-season conundrum on what to do with these quarterbacks. I think that's a very—I almost—we should tell our producer Kent Garrison to save this right now because I think it's very likely that when we're at the combine, and hopefully we're physically at an NFL combine, by the way, uh, in come February that the storyline is what the hell are the Bears doing at quarterback? And it's not so much like who are they bringing in to replace Mitch as much as it is how are they going to handle the fact that he's not under contract and Nick Foles is. And they, Don't don't you think that's very likely? Yeah, I, I feel like the Bears would love to have that conversation. I'm not going to get
1: too far ahead of myself, though. Um, even as someone who covers this team and, and has watched different quarterback situations unfold, like maybe that's like a, a, a best case scenario.
0: Well, can I clarify real quick? too? Okay. I just want to make it sure I'm not talking about having to pay Mitch $30 million okay, a okay, year. Okay. Okay, right, right, okay. That I'm not, what I'm saying I'm is I did. I, I, yeah, I'm talking about sort of being stuck in the middle again, but Mitch showing enough that it's not just, okay, it's time to get rid of him. Does that make sense? It does. It
1: does. Not so much the best case scenario or the worst case scenario.
0: Again, stuck in the middle.
1: Where? What's what's the what's the word here? Stuck in the middle scenario or average scenario or like where
0: Bears quarterbacks usually?
1: Bears? No, no. Like that's worst case scenario. You're right. I I think sometimes. So like,
0: (laughs) um,
1: better than Jay Cutler scenario or, or or just the Jay Cutler scenario? I I don't know. But that's. Stuck in the middle. Um, I can see that playing out. Uh, can I get another thing off my chest here? This, this was, was not the- a Ryan Pace power move. Oh,
0: yeah, that's got to stop.
1: It wasn't whatsoever. Like, okay, Pace had input. They, they asked for Pace's opinion. Of course, right? Like, they didn't even have to ask for it. He's the general manager. He's going to say what he's going to say in those meetings. So are, so are his scouts, uh, at least the ones that are in town, who, who have watched these practices. But this is Matt Nagy's call. Ryan Pace is in charge of assembling the roster. Matt Nagy's in charge of who plays from that roster. Matt Nagy, at the end of the day, decided that Mitch Trubisky should be the Bears' starting quarterback in week one to open the season in Detroit.
0: Now, it's worth bringing up here at the end because what you're doing, and I've seen some of those tweets out there, what you're doing when you're saying that is you're 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 essentially accusing Ryan Pace of overstepping what the head coach wants to do. What you're saying is that Matt Nagy wanted to start Nick Foles in week one, and Ryan Pace swooped in and said, no, you have to start Mitch Trubisky. And we can both tell you, sit here right now and tell you on this podcast, that 100% was not the case. That's just not what happened.
1: I feel like the intrigue that other teams across the league have had Like, what what was was Chuck Pagano and the Colts, right, who was the general manager, Ryan Grigson? Like, I I get that conflict can exist between scouting and coaching staffs. It's just not happening right now here in Chicago. As as contentious as maybe those arguments were, you know, amongst coaches, um, amongst Nagy and his coaches, amongst... Pace and his coach, and Nagy's coaches, like I'm sure there were arguments made for false. I I I believe that there were, but at the end of the day, you trust the guy that you hire. This is the way I, I phrase it in my column. Like, Mr. Trubisky might be Ryan Pace's quarterback, but Matt Nagy also happens to be Ryan Pace's coach. So let's not forget about everything that went into Ryan Pace hiring Matt Nagy. The decision was always going to be left up to his coach like he had a side in this either way
0: and nagy has been very honest in saying how much they're still in lockstep that's not this type of for example when the stuff started coming up that maybe john fox and uh ryan pace weren't seeing eye to eye you never heard as much as john fox would mislead the media sometimes you never heard him go on like a one and a half minute rant about how much he's in lockstep with the gm right that this just didn't happen. He might say in passing, "Oh yeah, we're we're on the same page." There's a big difference between saying one sentence of "we're on the same page" and going out of your way to try to you know really make that clear, which is what Matt Nagy has continued to do. Like so, that's just not an issue here right now, as as it stands today. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Week five, Tom Brady comes to town for Thursday night game. At Soldier Field, which Bears quarterback is starting against Tom Brady? Is it Mitch Trubisky, who did not beat Tom Brady two years ago at Soldier Field when the Patriots came? Or is it Nick Foles, who went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady in a Super Bowl and won?
1: Josh Rosen. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. He's a free agent. You know, I, I th- know, I know. But. I, I thought the Bears signed him along with Leonard Fournette, and you know they traded for um, Alvin Kamara, all that stuff you see on Twitter. Um, it's going to be Mitch Trubisky. Book it. Week Mitch five. Trubisky. Week five. Tom Brady comes to Mitch Trubisky's house
0: on the lakefront of Chicago. Book it. Oh, so Soldier Field is actually Mitch's house now.
1: It is. He sold his place in Libertyville. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I also think it's going to be Mitch. Of course, barring injury, it's a different situation. Yes. Uh, But a factor for both guys. Remember, Nick Foles has never played more than 11 games this season. Mitch has not played 16. Correct. It's accurate. Okay. Anything else before we get out of here? Happy Labor Day, everybody.
1: Enjoy the weekend. Be safe. Socially distancely safe? Yes. Yeah, that that made sense in today's world, right? Oh, it definitely Um, did. Yes.
0: Campfire beers. Campfire beers. Enjoy the uh, last few days of summer because it certainly seems like, especially at night, that uh, the temperature. I'm actually in Minnesota right now as we record this. I got into the 40s last night. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Don't worry. It's still nice out. It's the chill of football weather, though, at night. It is. It's feeling that way. But don't worry. weather.
0: As soon as I get off this microphone right now, I'm getting right back out there and going back on the the surf boat. Do it. Until my body falls apart, which is very possible. Um, We're going to enjoy the rest of this weekend. You should too. Be safe. Uh, Soak it in. This is going to be our last weekend without football for a really long time. Love it. I love it. I'm committing to that. I feel that. I'm optimistic in that regard. Uh, And we are jumping in on Tuesday with our first game week of the season. Uh, There was a lot of times this year I did not think we were going to get to this point. I feel pretty confident right now that uh, we're going to be good. And uh, that, whether you're pro Mitch or pro Nick Foles, you just anti everybody. (laughs) That's fine too. Just be happy that uh, there's going to be football next weekend. Can't wait. Follow us on Twitter in the meantime at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns, read us I'm at NBCSportsChicago.com Johns is on The Athletic right here hopefully you're listening on The Athletic app Uh, find all the coverage, find his five thoughts on Mitch being the starter it's good stuff, check it out TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns please write and review the podcast too, we appreciate you doing that hey, how about this challenge before we get into game week Go tell somebody you know that's a Bears fan that they should be listening to the Hogan Johns podcast. Help us out. We appreciate it. Word of mouth is huge. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. See
1: ya. Hey, Mitch. I, I think I'm up here. Um